Hi, and welcome to episode 59 of Walk to Work. Uh, so today I would like to uh, talk about how we talk uh, in dance classes. Uh, so I kind of threatened that from, uh, or promised that, uh, from talking about uh, my experience teaching at Be Blues, where we talked with minimal talking, uh, and kind of, oh, it made me realize that there's some things that we... Um, that we use uh, words for, and it's worth uh, thinking about. So, fortunately, I uh, attended a teacher training uh, recently with uh, Kira Emsley, I think her name is. Oh, I think her name is pronounced Kira Emsley. Um, and I think she shared with us something uh, that uh, she had developed in collaboration uh, with uh, swing step, so that's uh, Ali Tagavi, um, Katya Ukerman, and uh, various other people uh, who I think form part of the core swing step team and have worked kind of on pedagogy and teacher training. Uh, Chris Blindert, uh, Ron, uh, and Sharon from Tel Aviv, and probably many other people. Um, and so Kira shared with us a framework uh, for thinking about the space that we use in uh, the classroom, where physically we are geographically in space, um, and the purpose to which uh, we're putting in words, or the kind of activity, the kind of role that we're playing as teachers. Um, and this kind of closely uh, joins some work that's being done in uh, uh, technology for learning and technology for supporting uh, collaborative learning and for supporting teachers who are um, managing classrooms that use collaborative learning and that's the idea of uh, orchestration that the teacher more than the person who shares knowledge is the person who sets up uh, situations and interactions and gives tasks and monitors how those tasks uh, are progressing in order to decide what will happen next. Uh, and it's kind of compared a little bit uh, to uh, the, the director of an, of an orchestra, uh, the conductor of an orchestra. Um, and the, the, so the, the idea that they have is assuming your, teacher, your students are in uh, a circle, which um, kind of is an, is an assumption, but it's one we can work with, um, then you can either be completely in that middle of that circle, uh, in which case you are directing. You can be kind of occupying the circle in general, showing some dancing, uh, in which case you are, you are guiding. Once the students are dancing uh, and you're not dancing, you can stay inside the circle and kind of be with them, uh, in which case you can be encourage uh, observing which is kind of just being inside the space watching or a bit closer to the students encouraging uh, which is giving uh, positive and encouraging uh, feedback or just generally encouragement clapping yeah you go off we go we can all do it that kind of thing uh, you can be literally with the students in which case you join uh, you are joining uh, or you can be in invisible space, you're outside of the circle. Um, and Kira discussed what uh, role you would play in each of this. 
um, how you set the expectation with the students of what role uh, you're, you're currently in. And she had us kind of look at how we transitioned uh, between roles, in which situations uh, we did what kind of transition, and I guess to, to, to what purpose. Uh, and I'll get a little bit more detail uh, in the, the, these roles, especially the, the directing role, uh, which I think has uh, some additional uh, nuances, as well as how we use words uh, during uh, the guiding role. Um, and just, yeah, in general, so it's, it's not necessarily saying you should do this one or that one or the other one, but probably as a teacher, you should be able to pick between these different kinds of um, these different activities. You should be able to communicate with your students which activity is currently being done. Like if you're uh, giving a lot of encouragement, but then you want everyone to pause and look at you as you guide them through an additional thing or something more specific, how do you signal that, hey, heads up, look over here, we're doing a thing. Uh, I know I'm usually talking and during that time you can just sort of ignore me and continue dancing, but now I want you to pay attention. Um, and you can also look at, are you able to do uh, each of those roles at um, to equal capacity? Like, are you purposefully doing roles, doing these, uh, doing these activities because they're your choice? Or are you doing some by default? Or are you not doing some because you're not very good at them? Uh, so for example, I do relatively little joining, and when I do do joining, I tend to kind of outstay my welcome um, because it's time for the rest of the class to move on, and I'm like, oh, now that I've shown you a thing, I'd like you guys to dance together a bit, and I can't quite make the timing of how often we usually do um, partner rotation, how often, how much time we usually give students to practice an idea with the amount of time it would give me to give one-on-one uh, -on -one feedback. So that's something that's for me to work on. Uh, and I know I also do relatively little encouraging. I kind of observe a lot. Uh, anyway, we'll get back to those in a, in, a, in a second. So if we look closer at each of these uh, teacher activities, and this is kind of my own uh, take on how we talk during them, um, on top of whatever we discussed uh, during actually teacher training. So um, directing. Uh, one of the things that happens during directing is that you have uh, the difference between the things that are true uh, in the world about what you're teaching, the things that are true for the purpose of this class, um, or the things that you would like people to do and know in this class with the understanding that, well, Maybe this isn't a universal truth, but it's at least true for the duration of the class. Um, and things that don't necessarily have to do directly with what you're teaching, though maybe they also do, uh, which involve classroom management, uh, sort of who's dancing with whom, how we're rotating, how long for, um, what the, the, the task is, what we're doing first, what we're doing next. Uh, and because that directly relates to what the culture of the classroom is and because you're sharing dance culture well it's, it's also kind of part uh, of what we're of what we're teaching um, another thing is uh, 
we're encouraged very much to kind of go in the center and you're in the absolute center and you're in a command, commandeering position. Um, and I tend to prefer to do the directing from the student circle itself. And so kind of more feeling part of uh, the students and hey, we're all sharing here. Um, and I can see situations where that uh, would work less well. Uh, like if it was if I needed to uh, make it more clear that I was the teacher and the other people are the students uh, and we had some problem students or something. Um, but generally I'm happy for people to uh, talk during class and feel like they come to feel free to talk during class as long as they don't talk over me um, and happy to assert whatever small amount of authority needs asserting uh, from uh, within the circle. Uh, and that's the same for certain kinds of guiding, like if we're showing here's how step touch works or here's a fishtail, I'm happy uh, to guide that from uh, the circle, though I'm also happy to recognize, oh, people need to see different views, so I'll sometimes uh, move in or move completely into the center. Um, other things that happen kind of from a directing spot are uh, taking questions. Um, whether it's like specific questions, whether it's um, asking questions like, okay, when, where were you on five of uh, this move? Uh, or how did you lead X? Uh, or how did you follow X? Um, or if it's just general questions, hey, how's it going? Give us a thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's gorge how people are doing with this. Um, and that's a little bit difficult because those are the periods that kind of have a tendency to draw on. And in the whole more teaching, more, dan uh, more dancing, less talking, uh, they're the bits where we t kind, of kind of tend to get bogged down with the talking if we're not careful. So again, knowing exactly what we're doing, like are we taking questions? Are we asking just a specific question? Are we answering questions right now? Um, they're useful things to, to, to know. When we're guiding, so we're showing movement and we're teaching movement. Uh, and so we're putting various kinds of labels. We're drawing attention to which parts of our body are doing something specific. Um, and possibly describing with words or with metaphors what they're doing. Um, we're showing where we are uh, in time. Either just to say this is the beginning, this is the middle, this is the end. Okay, let's show the middle again. Uh, or to be like the counts for this are one, two, three, and four. So that's one, two, three, or uh, four. But I can then break it down and be like on one, two, three, and this three and goes like this. Uh, and we no longer need to show it um, at a real rhythm. Uh, other cases for talking is describing some of the kinesthetic things that aren't necessarily uh, immediately obvious, uh, especially to students' relatively untrained eyes, uh, and giving different kinds of description. Um, like you could give uh, the, the, a description of the feeling, uh, you could give a strict number of counts, uh, you could say which feature you're on, um, and you can describe the same movement. You can give different layers of your movement, what's happening with the rib cage versus what happens with uh, the pelvic floor. Uh, 
And so those are all things that you can have on top of your guiding, on top of your showing uh, movement and encouraging typically students to, to join in. Then when we get to observing, this is a really interesting geographical one. If you're inside the space, students can reasonably expect that you are uh, observing and therefore that you might have some feedback for them and also that there's whatever additional fear they might feel of being uh, observed by the teacher, that, that feeling is justified because you're there. And if you don't want students to be uh, feel observed, you go out into uh, the invisible space where students couldn't assume that you're kind of ignoring them. Uh, and it's good to mostly ignore people from invisible space and only observe them from the observing space because then that gives them that opportunity uh, to relax and try things out uh, without feeling like you're going to pounce on them at the, the first mistake. Uh, then if during your observing you add in uh, either specifically directed or generic encouragement, uh, that's a good thing. Um, depending on the kind of class, you might also want to add more critical feedback, but it's very challenging to do that just in the sense often you pounce in too soon. A, because you're sort of looking for something to fix. Uh, and B, because the whole point is that students are practicing a move and so they need to try it wrong five or six times before they're like, oh, this is the thing I'm consistently getting wrong. If you fix them in as soon as they get that thing wrong, uh, well, you don't give them the opportunity to do that learning thing um, and you're fixing a problem that maybe doesn't actually exist. Um, and then joining... Uh, for, for encouraging, it's also often difficult to find something positive to say, uh, but actually with practice it, it comes fairly easy. There's always something positive to say, but possibly that positivity is not going to directly come from succeeding the thing that you've just taught them, but it is going to come from having the conditions for success, like great job following, uh, even though that's not what we're doing right now. There's a better way of saying that probably, but... Um, or great job keeping your rhythm uh, and then you notice that uh, you didn't succeed the thing but because you had your rhythm you were ready to, to succeed if you had the other things uh, joined in together um, and then last uh, this negative space uh, uh, negative, uh, invisible so this is out kind of by the DJ booth or by your computer um, it's a place you can meet up with your teaching partner to discuss what you're doing next or that you can just go hang out, take a drink um, and not expect uh, and give your students a break from you watching them and give yourself a break from uh, watching the students. Uh, and it's also much better to discuss there with your teaching partner rather than discuss once you reach the middle. Although, uh, to be fair, much like with the directing and wanting to do it in a certain way, I like to model having a bit of a discussion with my partner in the middle and be like, I'm seeing X and Y, do you want to, or I'm seeing two things, do you have a thing? Uh, and kind of showing uh, the, the negotiation um, and showing the listening to each other. And there's specific situations where I want to model that uh, more obviously than others. Uh, that covers all those spaces and plus some additional... Oh no, I forgot one, is when guiding. Labeling right and wrong. 
so that one came up really obviously when we're showing or oh, labeling version A and version B both of those things can happen uh, sometimes it's right and wrong sometimes it's preferred least preferred sometimes it's I want you to contrast these two versions and be able to see and dance the difference between the two um, and so that's another kind of label uh, you can give the labeling right and wrong is super challenging because even within your wrong example there'll be a bunch of right things and even within your right example there'll be a bunch of things not that are wrong per se but that you don't actually care about um, and so always identifying verbally to your students what you do and what you don't actually care about uh, is challenging and I think is the main thing that's difficult to do when teaching without words. Uh, so part of that that we sold when teaching without words is having a multi-person teaching team because four of us are doing the movement so whatever commonality there is between the four of us presumably that's what we care about. Uh, but it's sometimes difficult to keep that in sync. Um, so yes, the, the usefulness of these spaces is not to say there is a one true pattern of how you should teach and how you should use these spaces. Uh, but using these spaces uh, helps set expectations with students of what's going on, what are they currently supposed to be doing. Uh, it helps you discuss with your teaching partner what you want to do next. Let's go meet in invisible space or I'm going to go do some joining. Um, do you want to do some encouraging? Uh, or I need a break, uh, can you do some encouraging? Um, and it also helps you reflect on you and on your partnership's teaching practice. You can be like, okay, so I know that I need to work on encouraging and joining. This class I'm going to work on encouraging, can you notice how I'm doing that and give me some feedback afterwards? Th those are things that you can, that you can do. Um, and more generally, this kind of analytical approach to what do we do when teaching is not to say, oh, it's super useful to, 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 to break it down and there's an inherent benefit. The only inherent benefit is having words to describe your teaching practices to yourself or to others and to think, oh, this is how I'd like to change up this particular part of my practice. There we go, that was talking during dance classes, how we use words. I think I have a lot more to say on the subject, but I'm going to, but not things that I can think about right now. It seems like a bigger subject than that though. Oh. Uh, let me know how you guys use words during dance classes. Let me know how uh, your teachers use words during dance classes and what works for you, what doesn't. Uh, I'm off to Mountain Blues Camp next week, so that's going to be exciting. I'm hoping to interview a few people and come back with that. Uh, as we as we come on um, oh yeah and in the fall I'm very much hoping to set up some weekly online dance classes um, that would be evenings European time and that hopefully would be a resource for uh, people who want to kind of get uh, in-depth uh, material but don't necessarily have access to it outside of weekend workshop or workshop weekends and so that's the thing. Uh, if that's something that's interesting to you, uh, let me know, hit me up, and I'll tell you when it's happening. I'll see you again uh, next week. Until then, take care.